and that's why I say develop your own voice, yeah. develop your own style. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't try to be Matt Chandler or John right. Piper. Because you'll just I'm, get so discouraged. I get so tired of listening to Tim Keller being re-synced <laughs> through stuff. Because yeah. people just do it. He's really good, but you're not Tim Keller. Like, quit trying to be. Hi, and welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 85. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. Hey, before I get into introducing today's guest and the content, I do just want to say... February 21st and 22nd is coming sooner than you think. We're doing our training weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada. Viva Las Vegas. And so if you're interested in coming and learning and getting coached and getting trained and getting equipped to be the best Bible teacher that you can be, I really encourage you to go to expositorscollective.com and find out the information and get registered for our upcoming training weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, now that the ad is over with, I do wanna say this is such a great conversation that myself and Clay Worrell get to have with Dr. Gary Brashears. Uh, Gary is a, got a PhD in systematic theology. He is a professor or a lecturer at Western Seminary. And uh, he also serves as a elder at Grace Community Church. He's been preaching for a long time. He's been training preachers for a long time. He's a pastor to pastor and a preacher to preachers. So this is really worth listening to. In this conversation, Clay and I ask him questions about collaborative sermon prep and essentially how he is one of the ones that kind of pioneered this collaborative sermon prep idea, at least in this generation, or at least in our circles, um, popularizing the idea that it's not just about the solitary prophet, but it's about the collaborative team that's looking together into God's word and coming up with a message for God's people. We also talk about preaching without notes and the value of memorizing and being able to look people in the eye and speak from the heart to their hearts. And then also ways that new and young Bible teachers can grow in their craft and in their calling. So I know you're going to enjoy this. I hope that this episode and all that we do at Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's Word. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I am Mike Neglia. And I am Clay Worrell. And together we're here with Gary, Gary Bashirs. <laughs> Gary Bashirs. We got I can see this we be a high call, class we, podcast we already. We can call him so many oh Professor Gary yeah. Bashirs, yeah. Dr. Gary Bashirs. Yeah. yeah. Pastor to pastors, Gary Bashirs. Yeah. Well, he's also your teacher, right? He's my professor, yeah. Okay. At Western Seminary. So, Gary, um, thank you for being here. Yeah. And I think I'm glad to be here. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, right? Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Gary. We gave you a little bit of an introduction there. Okay. I, I started life out as a math teacher with deep interest in astrophysics, did my minor in that. God took me to the Philippines. I found that Bible was more interesting than math, hmm. which <laughs> wasn't saying bad about math, just <laughs> Bible's entrancing. So <laughs> I went back and went to seminary and doctor work, headed back to the Philippines and God said, don't do it. Go to Western seminaries. Hmm. I said, not a chance. <laughs> I knew about that more fight and fundy school, and I wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> but 
God was in the process of transforming up there. Mm. And so I'm starting my 40th year teaching at Western. Wow. And I've had a lot of students. I, you said it, I'm pastor of pastors. Mm-hmm. I just spent time this afternoon working with a difficult church situation, mm. sitting out here at the picnic tables here at the conference. Mm. Wow. And I have had a couple of conversations with pastors here about issues. Uh, I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and I can just um, really attest to that. I've, I've been had the, the privilege of studying under you for, um, gosh, almost two years now oh. in your uh, cohort that you're doing in the Bay Area. And it's been a privilege. And yeah, we're a room full of pastors mm-hmm. um, being challenged and frustrated and pushed on <laughs> yes. in the most mm. wonderful ways by you mm. as you as you stretch us in um, our understanding of, of the word of God. So uh, I'm so grateful to to know you and we're really grateful to have you here on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And, and me just chiming in. So I've I've, you know known you for two years and I have one conversation with you a year. <laughs> yes. And yes. in our first conversation, we were talking through like elder nomination process. Hmm. Yeah. And and you like talked me through, you poked a few holes and like what we were going to do for elder nominations. And then the second time I talked to you, it was about like the l- alleged or actual link between like, you know, demonic uh, imagery oh, okay. or signs and like mental health issues. So yep. you are just like this great person to drop in on and just get some wisdom on all kinds of topics. On but, just about anything. Yes. I am famous for having opinions about everything <laughs> and occasionally right. Yeah. 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 And the more controversial it is, mm. the more Gary shines. <laughs> we love that about him. Yeah, well, largely today we'd love to hear some of your opinions, which we assume are going to be right, about like <laughs> teaching and preaching the Bible. Uh-huh. Um, so you mentioned how you began to study the Bible as since it's more interesting than math. Yep. Um, when did you first like teach it in what context? I first started my teaching when I was in the Philippines. I was teaching at Faith Academy math, but I started with a Filipino church plant, Calvary Baptist Church in Marikina, Rizal. And I was the youth guy because... I mean, like it was the only possibility. You know, it's a nice thing about a church plant. You get a lot of opportunity yeah. to try things. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about teaching Bible, didn't really know anything about the Bible. Uh, but I had a group of students and they were interested in knowing. So we did a lot more just kind of reading scripture together. And what does this mean? Hmm. Which is a great way to start things. And then I started digging into things. Uh, and then... The, when I really began teaching scripture was when I came into my doctoral program as a leading young marriage class. And by that time, I knew a little bit about Bible. But seriously, when I was teaching scripture, the biggest thing to do is try to get a picture of what is the big story of scripture yeah. and then put on him teaching in context with that big story of scripture. And I'm still working on that, but I've got a better handle on it now. Mm. But early on, I didn't know where the big picture was. Mm. I, I hadn't been taught that in seminary. Hmm. I, I'd been taught books and critical theories and authorships and those kind of things and outlines of books, but the big picture of scripture, we do a lot more of that now with biblical theology and Bible project and things like that. But that's kind of a key is always put things in a context of the art overarching story and then teach from the specific passage. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and so thinking back, you, you know, you spoke of, of, you know, Maybe it wasn't the you weren't the, an expert immediately. Can you think oh back to your oh. uh, maybe the first memory oh. you have of teaching the Bible? The first and time I preached at Marikina, I, I mean, I look back on it. I didn't know what I was doing. 
the the founding pastor had left on furlough, mm. which was fine. The guy who filled in for him lost his heart to their house girl. He was from a different oh, country wow. and blew his marriage to kingdom come. Oh. And we were scrambling because who's going to preach? Oh, my gosh. And there was nobody around. So I did it. Wow. Uh, I mean, I did it once. That was, Oh, my gosh. And I didn't know how to do it. I listened to sermons. I had no idea how to craft a sermon. Huh. I took some stuff out of a devotional commentary. <laughs> uh, I don't remember which one it was, Jay Hire Ironside or something. Yeah. And kind of got an outline for the passage from that. And I preached it and it was pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my wow. gosh. But here's the thing I had the courage, the stupidity to use that same outline, the first sermon I preached in my homiletics class at Denver. Wow. And Dr. McLaughlin, bless his heart, ripped my heart out for oh, doing wow. it so badly. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Which I needed it. Yeah. yeah. But he did it in a constructive kind of way. Uh, and yeah, I, oh, my gosh. <sighs> and one should never preach a first sermon. You should start on about number 15 yeah. <laughs> somehow. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so d did you preach it in your homiletics class because you thought it was good at the time? Or? It was the best I had in a busy oh. semester. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. And uh, yeah. I didn't have, I knew I didn't know more about the Bible at that point because we yeah. did homiletics early on in the curriculum for some reason. Oh, interesting. We hadn't huh? studied much Bible. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And it was the best I had. And I didn't have any, I didn't have a library really. Uh, so I just, I said, well, let's try it again. Mm -hmm. And I worked on it some more, but it was bad. It was yeah. bad. Uh, what an interesting pattern to, to first teach you how to preach before you're acquainted really with the book that you're supposed to be preaching. Yeah. Well, welcome to some things that happen in seminary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you do it at Western, we try to make you take preaching toward the end of your, uh, your mm. degree program. <laughs> yeah, that a little Bible a bit, in there first. But some sense. guys start preaching before they ever go to study scripture in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's sitting in this room, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's I'd say I'd say seventy five percent of the of the guests on the yeah. podcast thus far. Yeah, and, and well, unfortunately, I what happens know. these days is people just listen to a podcast of a sermon and copy. Yes. you know whoever it is, uh, Brian Broderson or Tim Keller or somebody, and you just kind of lip sync what somebody mm. else is doing, and yeah. that's better than some things, but man, it's not good stuff because you're not preaching; mm. you're just lip syncing. And uh, you've got to come in and get your own, you've got to let God speak to you. And that means digging in deeply mm. and uh, getting the message of scripture in the overall context. Mm. So so I have two questions um, from one from what you said. You mentioned like, wouldn't it be better if we could start preaching on our 15th sermon? At least. I, yeah. I, yeah, I wonder, mm -hmm. do you have any ideas or solutions of somebody who's just wanting to preach and getting started off and it's a pretty daunting thing to to prepare and deliver a sermon is there a safe context that you would know of for somebody to get um those first handful of sermons uh, a lot uh, of times what happens is people start with a student ministry type thing or something like that so just uh, experiment on the kids well, that's right and, and then drive them <laughs> away not, and you don't yeah, have to worry yeah, about they're not things. real people yet yeah, so yeah exactly yeah. exactly no, I think absolutely the best way to do it is what we do at, at my church, Grace Community there in Gresham, is we do everything in a team. Yeah. So I'm not going to be in the preaching team tomorrow morning. Mm. Uh, I will be the following week. Uh, and most weeks we gather together eight o'clock on Tuesday morning, spend an hour and a half together. 
And every sermon is developed as a team. Hmm. We do the sermon schedule as a team. Somebody proposes, but we work through it as a team. So when I preach, I we're talking the general idea of a sermon probably three or four weeks in advance. Wow, yeah. Uh, and then as we get closer, if I'm doing a sermon where there are questions, I'll run it through two weeks in advance. Hmm. But like I'm preaching this Sunday, normally I'd be at the meeting tomorrow, and I would talk through in specifics what I'm doing and what I'm planning to do, they would help me. I would already have a rough outline at least. Uh, so it's developed as a team and yeah. especially for beginners, that's a good way to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got a couple of guys. Well, we just had one run through his first sermon at grace and really, really good guy. Hmm. But man, that preaching team was great. He was going to give us a seminary lecture. Right. Okay. And we said, dude, you don't get to do that. So no, don't do that. Don't do this. Try this. And uh, that, half hour we spent talking through his sermon was just gold Hmm. and he did a good job in the sermon wow yeah and what a gift to the congregation yeah that that somebody let's say heard it first and told them what to fix and got fixed before they 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 got it yeah and would you even say somebody who has a calling and potential for for preaching would sit on that um you know kind of teaching team as somebody who's not going to get deliver the sermon, but a participant in the study process oh, yeah. and things like that for a while before they yeah. ever are the one preaching. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Oh, definitely. Uh, in everybody who preaches that, and you know, I've, I've been at this longer than anybody else on the team. Right. Everything I do goes through the team. Yeah. And especially controversial ideas or things. I'm not sure what the focus would be. Uh, it, that team just helps a tremendous amount. It's just yeah. super valuable. And then we make fun of it from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say this, but Sean said I had to. <laughs> nice. you know, the, <laughs> nice. the, I mean, this whole congregation knows we do this, so yeah. we get ah. to play games with each other. And people just always enjoy the fact that we have such a good relationship. Yeah. And we don't always agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure that's really good for the congregation to know as well that this isn't just one person that's giving correct. his opinion or his interpretation. There's there's a safety for the congregation in that as well, isn't there? Yeah. The picture that I was told is when you're preaching, you set up your time. So you have your study day Monday afternoon or Tuesday or something like that, you lock yourself in your office and you work really hard on your sermon mm. and you craft things out and then you come back to it on Thursday and relive it, put it together. And then Friday night, Saturday, uh, you do a final run through and put it in final format and it's all done by yourself. Right. And I think that's a formula for disaster. Mm. And uh, I just, yeah, but, but Gary, that's, 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 that's what everybody does. That's what everyone does. And yeah. it's terrible. Okay. My, <laughs> not even slightly humble opinion. Yeah, that's, okay, yeah. that's a terrible way to do You're sermons. not saying that all sermons are bad except no. for your, okay. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. But, of but, but they'd be yeah. so much better. Yeah. Mm. So I've, I've been practicing something in a modified version of this for the past maybe year or something. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love it. And it's, it's so good. But like, why, why is it so rare? And why have I never even, thought of it or heard of it until, uh, you know, Evan, one of your students yep. uh, told me about it. And I thought it was weird at first and then I tried it. And then I just think it's fantastic. I, I think a lot of it is they've never heard the idea. Yeah. And you, you, you're told about the awesome responsibility of standing behind the sacred desk and mm-hmm. delivering the word of God. And, and it is an awesome responsibility to be sure, but why should it be done alone? Yeah. yeah. You know, well, who should sit around the table? It doesn't have to be seminary professors. Uh, we have uh, we have three of our staff, pastoral staff, sit around the table. I sit on the table. I am a seminary prof, but 
Uh, and then we have two other guys. One of them's an intensive care nurse, you know, NICU, intensive mm-hmm. care nurse. And, and another guy is, I mean, he's, uh, oh, what is his job? He's a health coach. Mm-hmm. But these are guys that love to work in scripture. You don't have to be a pro, but you read the scripture and you think about it, what it is to bring that message to an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. So my tendency is to go too high because I know all the issues are involved and, you know, they talk me down. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's the team. It doesn't have to be a bunch of pros. Right. I I think pastoral staff doing it, two or three pastoral staff, if you have that in your church. But if you're, if you're the only full-time staff in your church, find a couple of lay people yeah. that enjoy scripture and come through and talk it through and get their take. They don't have to be experts to give you some really, really good insights. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clay, do you do this? <laughs> Don't get me in trouble. Oh. Here. Um, no, not exactly. Okay. Okay. I, I do. So yeah, Adam, who is my um, associate pastor, we we do talk through okay. um, mm-hmm. the sermons as as the week goes on. But I I don't put this into practice as much as I should. Yeah. You mentioned Evan Wickham, and he he manuscripts his sermons, uh, so he sends that manuscript out to about ten people, and I'm one of them. Right. Right, uh, and I'm not in the church. I'm in Portland. He's in San Diego. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but we have a great relationship. I do that for a number of people. They run ideas past me or manuscripts, and uh, I spend oh on web and stuff. I probably spend perhaps a half hour working through his sermons because mm. he's preaching to a thousand people. Mm. And if I give him some ideas, or if I tell him it's a terrible sermon, start over, <laughs> which I don't do that. <laughs> uh, I do to some guys, but yeah, yeah. But there was one sermon, Evan and I went round and round and round on that because I did not like what he was doing. I mean, it's his sermon, yeah. yeah. but we have such a strong relationship, yeah. and he ended up changing a lot of it and uh, kind of met halfway in between, and his sermon was way better because he got off on a side trail, and I think a bad side trail, and but that working around gave him more confidence in what he was doing. Yeah, uh, and then when he stood up and preached, he knew what he was doing was was right. Hmm. Well, that's great. Yeah, like that's what what a, again? What a gift to to that congregation yeah. and to to himself as well. So I yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read I've read probably not as many preaching books as you have. In fact, I actually I'm, haven't read that I'm, many preaching books. Oh, really? I, I read a lot. Yeah. None of them. None of them say anything like this. That's correct. It's I, I. There's a book that I haven't gotten to yet <clears throat> called Eight Hours or Less by um, somebody. Uh, I can't think of his name, but yeah, but I think yeah. there's there's a book that came out recently that includes something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Cady referenced it, but um, apart from that, it's just not something that gets published. It's like the secret. Yeah. Did, you, well, did, did you did you make it up? Is this no. your thing? Uh, well, actually, what happened is the church I'm in when I joined in, uh, their background was brethren, mm. okay. and so you have elders preaching. Yes. So I went in, and it was it was a sequence of preachers. So the first sermon I was in, I, I think it was Ephesians, I don't remember. And they had three different guys who were preaching and they sat down and they assigned the section of scripture out to the three preachers and they all did it independently. Mm-hmm. And I said, why are you doing that? There's no connection between your sermons. Yeah, You know, at least get together so that sermon one and sermon two are building on each other in common. Oh, that makes sense. So we got together and then the preaching team concept came out of mm. that. I've discovered since then there are others who are doing it. Oh, are there? Okay. But it was just, gosh, why don't we do this? Yeah. Because I'd never been taught that. Mm. But it just made sense if you got preacher one and then preacher two and preacher three, which is the brother context you do, 
at least you guys ought to like compare notes so you're not contradicting each other from one week to the next. Wow. And out of that came the preaching team. And we've had a number of people sit on our team and just see what we do. So it sounds like you just kind of said that, yes, you did invent it. Well, <laughs> yeah. at least no, in I your context. others were doing it. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. others were as well. Uh, um, so I, I wonder then, Gary, we've talked a lot about the, the preaching team portion, the collaboration portion yep. of, of sermon prep. But, but can you walk us through start to finish your particular process in which this collaboration is, is one piece of the okay. puzzle? I, I preach about once a month in my mm -hmm. church, and I preach more often in other churches. Uh, but my my best work goes in my own church. And so when I get assigned a sermon, like I'm doing Genesis 33 through 35 this coming Sunday, hmm. 34 is the rape, yeah. rape of Dina. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, who in that's what this team does to me. They make me do the nasty sermons. <laughs> totally. Uh, but I what I do is I start, we set our schedule out, oh, about four or five months in advance. Hmm. So I know what's coming up. So I'm reading this with sermon idea in mind uh, weeks ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of sitting and stewing and, and fermenting in my brain. And I'm talking with people. I'm reading. I'm picking stuff up. We're doing stuff in some preaching team, asking questions. And about three weeks in advance, before I preach the sermon, I, I start trying to put together. I read widely. Hmm. This idea of doing it by myself is nonsense. I read the best commentaries. I go to sermons, podcasted sermons of people I respect. And I'm just trying to get a picture of the scripture. But I'm not, I'm not copying what they're doing. I'm using them to stimulate my thinking. And there's a difference mm -hmm. between the two. Absolutely. And, uh, but I get a lot of ideas and then sit down. And about not a week ahead, but about 10 days ahead, I put together my outline and at that point, I put a pretty detailed outline together. Uh, and I try to do that a week and a half in advance. That way it gets one more look before I send it to the preaching team. Uh, they put their input in, and then I put the final outline. Our deadline is Thursday morning hmm. for the printed notes. So that goes into the staff. Uh, and then the way I do it typically is I put together, I do a, I, I do a multi, multi-modal so I've got PowerPoint up. Hmm. So I lose a lot of visuals because a lot of people are visual. Other people are oral. So they hear things. Other people are mechanical. Uh, and so I have fill in the blank notes, which strikes me as totally kindergarten. <laughs> but it's very effective for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. So they write in the keyword and that, that yeah. helps them because they're active learners. Hmm. And so I put that PowerPoint together typically on Saturday because okay. I have a full-time job. And so I just make sure that day is clear, and uh, I don't I don't allow Grandma to die on Saturday because that's my <laughs> that's my put the PowerPoint. But there have been times when Grandma did die, hmm. and uh, so I have to do that. But that's what my rhythm. So it starts uh, in broad scope. It starts a couple months in advance. Wow! I'm reading the passage, thing. Okay, this I'm going to be preaching, and uh, so that works. And then coming down to taking vacuum cleaner and putting a whole bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor, hmm. specific outline, 10 days in advance, uh, down to a final outline, three days in advance, and then the PowerPoint is the final thing. And that rhythm works pretty well for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, and and not preaching on a weekly basis allows you to have that kind of of runtime. I have done stuff where I've done on a weekly basis. Okay. Uh, not for a long period of time, but I still do the same rhythm. Okay. So I'm you're still, just doing several. At, at each I've got several time. going at the same time. Mm. Mm. Uh, and I this idea, I start my sermon on Tuesday after my day off. Yeah. That's just not enough time. Yeah. It needs to cogitate, needs to ferment in my brain. I can ferment a lot of stuff in my head. Yeah. Uh, but I, the, having that time to, in that discipline of putting together the outline 10 days in advance, yeah. just gives me time to pull stuff together and then stand back and look at it. Yeah. It really works well. Yeah. well one of the things that I love hearing, hearing that is knowing uh, very well how, how much you know. Um, uh, about the scriptures and how much theology you know, how, how how many years you've been teaching and preaching in so many different contexts, and the fact that you still put that much care into studying for every sermon for mm -hmm. a fresh word from the Lord. Yep. Um, that's just inspiring because I'm sure it would be easy to fall into temptation of just pulling out of the closet a good old sermon from before or relying on the things that you you know that you know and, and understand and, yeah. and just kind of giving people that. Well, the next sermon I'm doing is the Judah sermon from Genesis 38. Yeah. And I've I've taught that a number of times. I've preached it four or five times, and I'll be doing that again. But I don't start from zero at that sure. point. Sure, I lost to going. Yeah. But it it's it's a deep refresh of yeah. things, and That's I'm great. reading new things and filling out details. Yeah. I just the idea of preaching a sermon. I did you know pull out your manuscript and read it again. I can't even imagine doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Another discipline for me is I preach without notes. Is that right? I have an outline that's sitting on the, I have a desk off to the side. Mm. I have nothing between me and the, and the congregation. There's just a direct contact that works out well for me. But it's a, for me, it's a discipline to have the notes there. So if I need them, they're there. Mm. Uh, but I, I just, I've done this for probably 25 years now. Uh, and it, it's a little more work to do it. But what I find is I put enough time into it. There's plenty of stuff in my head. I just need the bones of the outline. And that's actually on the PowerPoint. So I'm seeing that. Mm. Uh, so in a certain sense, I have an outline in front of me, uh, but notes and that kind of stuff. And it just gives the freshness that comes with that. I find really helpful. And the thought behind it, I'm not yeah. winging it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How May I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you may. How, how can someone how can someone grow in that skill or ability? Uh, the biggest thing for a lot of people is just a simple fear. What if I forget something? Yeah. Right? My answer is get over it. Of course, yeah. you forget something. Don't yeah, worry well, about it. Well, that's that's what keeps me from doing I've, it. So. I, I was just going to say that I've I've yeah. never been brave enough to try that for the first time. Yeah. Well, see, well, I tried it and it didn't, <laughs> yeah. it didn't go well. Yeah. Huh? Well, for seeing. For me, I've got the PowerPoint is yeah. pretty complete. Sure. Yeah, I've seen So I've got, yeah, you've seen some of my well, stuff. I've got, them. if I've got three points in a sermon and I've got three sub points under each main point, yeah. that's all up there on the PowerPoint. Okay. And I'm filling in key words for the blank filler inners mm, yeah. and such. So the bones of it are on the PowerPoint. Hmm. So it's not like I'm, I've done it where I've, well, I preached at Village just recently and I had nothing but the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And it works. A lot of it's just the confidence to realize I do know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, I've, yeah, it's, it's so unnatural to me. But again, I know that it's when, when, you know, when the preacher just even just takes one step to the side hmm. and then addresses the congregation, it just yeah. like, 
yeah. everyone's eyes like look up like what are you yeah. going to say it's got to be important yeah. yeah and and i have like this might be i'm a bit uh, i've actually written in my notes now step a step to the right <laughs> and yeah. and because i know it's a valuable thing and it doesn't come naturally to me at all i just want to you know kind of just stick close to you know, metaphorically, stick yeah. close to the Bible. Physically, stick close to the pulpit. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know that you know you should stand there, say the thing, and then come back. And I've tried to kind of like do the whole like kind of walk around, wander thing, and then I walk around, and then I kind of like forget what I'm going to say. Yeah, and I like sheepishly go back to the pulpit. And I'd love to do what you do, but we. Uh, I'm not anti-manuscript. I mean, John Piper, every word he's reading, hmm. John Mark Comer. I mean, these are incredibly good preachers. And they're they're basically reading a manuscript. They mm. just do it really, really well. Uh, and that's the thing you you if you're looking down at your manuscript most of the time, you're not making contact with yeah. your congregation. Right. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to do it, learn how to do it well. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just think for a lot of guys, there's a freedom that comes when you get the courage to step away from your notes. So what I would do is before I'd preach. Uh, I would sit in my car before I walked in the building, and I would write out the mem- I would write out the outline from memory, hmm. just on a piece of paper, uh, just before I went in the building. And then you know we do our prayer group and such, and some songs. And so, 30, 40 minutes later, I'm preaching it, and I've got a decent memory. And I'll come back and I'll read it one more time just before I go up to the pulpit. Yeah, I uh, I don't need as much of that now, but it's just you know it's it's work. But I think it's worth it to do that. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. Well, I'll see if I can build up the courage at some point. You know, I saw a YouTube video recently of a really hip preacher sitting in a boat while he was preaching. Should we try that? Wait, the, Lord, was the Lord Jesus? <laughs> because <laughs> no. he did that. No. So you can't make fun of it. Yeah. I'm, not ma- I'm just saying, it. It, yeah. you know, maybe that's the passage he was preaching. Okay. But he was uh-huh. sitting in a boat on the stage. What do you think about that? Um, <laughs> it's a little artificial to be. Yeah. You can do a boat to go at the church picnic and sit yeah. at the lake yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's really that's really challenging. So I'm I'm assuming we're getting close to time, Gary. If you so a lot of our audience for this podcast are young yeah. and inexperienced preachers or aspiring preachers. If you could conclude with just one word of maybe encouragement or exhortation for that audience specifically, what would that be? A couple things. One is go to the masters. Hmm. Find four or five guys that you like their style and really listen to a bunch of stuff and think, how are they developing their ideas? How are they using illustrations? How are they, do they have an opening and a closing that's a split story? Just think of the craft hmm. of the sermon. Hmm. Yeah. And then find somebody you respect that's locally and just sit down and talk to them. How do you do the, how do you structure a sermon to make it effective communication? A lot of different ways to do it. But study that. But then from there, you've got to develop your own voice. Yeah. Everybody has a personality. Everybody has a style. And you've got to find a voice that works for you. Mm. And, of course, that takes time to do that. But try things. Mm. But I really believe go to the masters. Yeah. And now with podcasts, there's a lot of people you can listen to. Maybe you're a Matt Chandler guy. Mm. Maybe you're a, a Tim Keller guy. Maybe you're a Brian Broderson guy. I mean, whoever it is, better yet is somebody local that you can study with and just develop a craft of how to put together an effective message Mm. that's, you know, 35 minutes long or something like that Mm. to make it really, really effective. Another thing I do is think in terms of seven minutes, Mm. people's attention span are seven minutes. 
So I think in terms of seven minutes, then you have a you have a break of some sort, change of pace, mm. something like that. And that to me, I've done for a long time, and it's really effective. So I've got a three-point sermon that's 21 minutes. Uh, if you have a break in introduction, there's your sermon, and you hmm. brought it down to five seven-minute shots. Oh, wow. that's really uh, wow, really practical. And so, so last question on that. Yep. So, so a uh, a break. What do you mean by a break? Like stand up, stretch, sit down again, like, <laughs> yeah. like seventh inning stretch, or I imagine you mean something else. Uh, well, break can just be a story. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it can be a change of pace in the way you're doing things. You can do some fairly heavy teaching from Scripture. The next seven minutes is application okay, type thing. Yeah. Then come back to Scripture. So a change of pace, because people, seven minutes, it's our TV thing. Mm. Now, a lot of people move away from TV to other things, but that seven minutes, it's, it's no longer than that. Yeah. And I just think conscious. Seven minutes works pretty well, I find. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but so for this Sunday's sermon... Do you have your breaks already built into it? Do you have the change of pace already built in? Uh, that's something I put together on Saturday. Okay. okay. When I pull together the final form of things, that's that's the final cutting room floor because I always have too much. Sure. And I just have to remember I can't overwhelm people because I'm preaching to I'm preaching to Chris. He's a junior college graduate, got saved three years ago, loves the Bible, doesn't know much about it, knows nothing about theology, and he's curious. I preach to Chris. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's my person. Yeah, and 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 people as well, whom the rape of Dinah is going to be an incredibly traumatic thing oh, to, to hear and to re. Um, I have to be careful. And, and that so yeah, so I to have these shifts really that are there, hmm. whilst not being too trivial, That's to correct. carry this the solemnity of the passage, not solemnity, but the, the horror of the passage, yep. but in a careful way. Um, yeah. So yeah, those tonal things are important to think ahead. Yeah, that's really good. Can I, can I just add one thing? You said um, go to the masters. I, I love that. I 100% agree with it. But just... But... No, <laughs> well, he, he's used to this yeah. in class. Um, but, but one thing that I would just say, being a relatively young preacher myself, yep. is as you go to the masters, remember that you don't have to be one. Absolutely. You know? Because there, there, there's Absolutely. that temptation of when you're listening to these... Um, amazing cream of the crop preachers yeah. of comparing yourself with them. And let's be real. Like I'm never going to be a Matt Chandler in my preaching no. and that's okay. <laughs> you no. know? Yeah. And that's why I say develop your own voice, yeah. develop your own style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't try to be Matt Chandler, John right. Piper. Cause you'll just I'm, get so discouraged. I get so tired of listening to Tim Keller being re-synced oh, really? <laughs> through stuff because yeah. people just do it. He's really good, but, you're not Tim Keller. Like, quit trying to be. Yeah. Uh, amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, that was that was really good. Gary, thank you yeah. um, so much for uh, taking this time and, and joining us. Um, I, I hope it helps. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, we've only got two classes left before our cohort is over. I'm going to miss the time learning <laughs> yeah. from you and studying under you. That's but. the trouble. These two-year intense cohorts. <sighs> I mean, they're amazing. And then you come to the end of it. Yeah. And we don't gather anymore. Yeah. I mean, the relationships go on, but yeah, that's the the seasons of this. That's the season I don't like. Yeah, you've just got to have dozens and dozens of of adopted kids around the globe. I 
I, I have pastors I pastor. Adopted kids is a different category. You're not one of them. That, I, I, I understand that. <laughs> I, re I received that. On, on that on note, that I'm going to go cry <laughs> yeah, in the corner. And uh, no, I, that's, that's wonderful. So, um, yeah, thanks again. And yeah. Mike, you want to wrap up the podcast with your little thing? I'll add that at the end. It's called the post-credits. I'll do it later on. Oh, that's true. But I hope that this conversation and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public work. This is Nick Cady, and I'm excited to invite you to join us at our next Expositors Collective Training Weekend, which will be held in Las Vegas, Nevada at Calvary Chapel, Las Vegas on February 21st and 22nd, 2020. Our vision as Expositors Collective is to raise up the next generation of Christ-centered preachers. And if that's you or somebody in your church who's teaching or being called by God to teach, we would love to have you join us and be equipped. Yeah.